Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Well, welcome back to Recalibrate. And we're continuing with our journey now of really looking at the whole ministry of prophecy that begins to be birthed and grow when there is a move of the Holy Spirit. We saw last time that there's a promise in the last days the Lord is going to pour out His Spirit and we're all going to hear the word of the Lord. And we're all going to proclaim the word of the Lord. It's so beautiful. And so we're trying to understand that, that this important, cru- crucial, central ministry of the Holy Ghost, when He comes and visits a group of people, is to bring the word of the Lord and to enable us to proclaim it like never before. We call this the spirit of prophecy. There's, there's a thing called the spirit of prophecy. There's a thing called the gift of prophecy. There's a thing called the preaching of prophecy. There's a thing called a, a, a prayer of prophecy. There's a thing called um, the ministry of the prophet. There's so many different like angles to this that we're going to take a look at. But I want to look at the underlying principles of prophecy, this ability to hear God's voice. And we're going to learn a little bit more about this through Jesus. And the gospel that ironically speaks the most about the Spirit's role in bringing prophecy and this releasing of this gift of prophecy is not Luke. Now, you would imagine it to be Luke because we often call Luke the Pentecostal gospel because he speaks a lot about the Spirit and asking for the Spirit and the Spirit working. But he so often speaks about the Holy Spirit's role in terms of signs and wonders. But we're not starting with the signs and wonders side of prophecy. We're starting with the side of prophecy that allows us, this work of the Spirit that allows us to hear the word of the Lord, to discern between the Spirit and the flesh in our lives, and then share that even with others. So you have guessed it. The gospel that speaks about the Holy Spirit in this way the most is the gospel of John. We actually say the gospel of John is the gospel of pneumatology, which is the the gospel of the Holy Spirit, whereas Luke is the gospel of the Pentecost. The gospel of John, as he writes it, really gets into the intimate nature of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so... Actually, John talks about the Holy Spirit and mentions the Holy Spirit through the words of Jesus about 20 times or more in his gospel. And so what I want to do is is just go through a few of these passages where Jesus speaks about the Holy Spirit in the context of John's writings to get a real basic foundational understanding of that the Holy Spirit has come to make us a prophetic people. And at the most basic level, what does that look like? What does it mean? What is the Holy Spirit doing in us to enable us to hear the word of the Lord and to be a prophetic people? The first time it comes up really is Luke, sorry, John chapter 3. I'm so used to saying Luke. I've got to say Luke again. John chapter 3, verse 4 to 6. You know it. It's so famous, right? It leads into John chapter 3, verse 16. But let's start with John chapter 3, verse 4 and 6, where I want to focus. Now remember, Jesus is talking to a religious leader called Nicodemus. And Nicodemus wants to understand Jesus' kingdom. Like, he can't get his head around it. 
Nicodemus is thinking of a kingdom, an earthly kingdom, that will come about when, when the people turn back to purity and turn back to the Torah, and that's what's going to usher in the, the, the physical kingdom of God. And, but, but Jesus said, no, you can't enter the kingdom that way. The kingdom comes through a spiritual way, and, and you've got to be born again. And, and Nicodemus says, what are you talking about? How can an old man, verse 4, go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, now remember, we're listening for the, the Holy Spirit's work and this idea of prophecy. And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. This is absolutely beautiful. What what? What Jesus is indicating here is, is this huge shift that's about to happen. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon individuals and they would proclaim the word of the Lord, but not many people experience that. With Christ and his blood that cleanses us, he's saying that the Holy Spirit is going to come not just upon us, but the Holy Spirit is going to become in us and something is going to happen. It's not a temporal coming, but it's a permanent residential dwelling. It's, it's a whole new thing, a whole new life, a whole new spiritual life. And you're going to be born into the spiritual realm. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon people who believe in Christ, and they're going to be birthed into a whole new world. Wow. Do you know that when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you receive spiritual birth, you are literally born into the spiritual realm? You are now a new creature. Literally, you are a new creation. You are you're very different from what you were before because what you were before was all flesh and all human. But when you become born again, the Spirit gives you birth into the spiritual realm. And now you're also spirit. You're not just flesh. You're also spirit. You're a totally, totally, whoa, you are a totally different person. And, and the word we use for it, is a, a, a apocalyptic or eschatological. And I love using these words because I've been studying them at college, but I just love, I've begun to appreciate them a lot more. They're talking about the whole side of this world that is the unseen. The whole side of the world that is the spiritual side of the world. Before we were in Christ, we could not understand the spiritual world. We couldn't see it. We couldn't perceive it. We couldn't hear it. But one of the first things the Holy Spirit does, the most important, and this is what makes us a prophetic people, is we have now had our hearts and our minds open. We've been born into the spiritual realm. Now, we may be still pretty dull of hearing, but the potential is there now to walk in the Spirit, to hear the Spirit, to hear the words of Jesus Christ. And so we, we say that the Holy Spirit comes and makes us a prophetic people in a very literal sense by birthing us into the prophetic realm, birthing us into the unseen realm. And I want to encourage you, you are not just natural and you are not just natural understanding and you are just not natural comprehensions. You are spiritual. You've been born into a spiritual world. 
And yes, you may be an infant still. You may be maybe just discerning the most basic of words, gaga, goo, goo, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy. But as you stay in the spirit, your, your, your understanding, your comprehension, your discernment of the spiritual things will increase. And your ability, it should, over time, to hear the voice of the Lord, to hear the word of the Lord, will also begin to increase. You have become, the moment you are saved, you have become a prophetic people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You've become a person who can discern the spirit of the Lord. Well, let's have a look at another one because of time. John chapter 4, Jesus gives another way that the Holy Spirit works to make us a prophetic people. But the time is coming. Remember this. This is when he's talking to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. And she says to Jesus, you know, you Jews worship in Jerusalem. We, we Samaritans, we worship in Mount Carmel. And you know what? There's a big guy. She's trying to throw Jesus off. She's saying, oh, you're trying to get a controversy going. So you know how sometimes when you have a conversation with people and they raise up a controversial point just for the sake of uh, taking you away from real really talking about deep things. They want to keep the conversation at a surface level. That's what she's doing. She's saying, hey, you choose worship in Jerusalem. We worship in Mount Carmel. We think we've got it right. You know, there's differences here. And Jesus makes the most profound statement. He says, the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now, because he's talking about himself. When true worshipers will worship the Father, and they get ready, in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit. Hallelujah. If you've been born again, you are also now spirit. And so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What does Jesus mean when he says you've got to, we're going to worship God? One of the works of the Holy Spirit when he comes upon people and dwells within people, makes them a, a prophetic people, one of the works he's going to do is change their worship. They're going to now begin to worship God in both the spirit and in truth. I think when he's talking about here at the very most simple level is when we say you, somebody's putting their whole spirit into something, it means that they're putting everything into it. Their heart, their mind, their emotions, their will, their desires, their, their, their ambitions. To worship God in spirit is to worship God with everything within you. Oh, hallelujah. And Jesus is saying when the Spirit comes, he's going to do such a work in people and transforming them that their worship is not going to be half-hearted or a blemished worship. It's going to be a worship of all the Spirit. He later on says you've got to love your Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and all your strength. And this is the same idea. You're going to worship the Lord with everything within you. Some uh, translators believe the Spirit here is speaking about the Holy Spirit, and I think they're both true. It's, it's this combination that when the Holy Spirit comes within us, our emotions are changed, our will is changed, our desires are changed. And so it's, it, it's, it's hard to know who is who. Is it the Holy Spirit empowering us to worship? Is it our personal worship taking place? It doesn't matter. It's a combination of the both. It's the Holy Spirit comes and makes us a prophetic people. A people whose worship has been transformed. And so when we say that the Holy Spirit's work in revival is to make us a prophetic people, that's why you see the worship change. That's why you see in a move of God, the worship come alive, because we are now worshiping God in spirit 
and in truth. We are worshiping him. He enables us to worship with everything within us, to bring perfect worship to the Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The prophetic changes us into a worshiping people. And I want to say through the history of the church, I, I don't think this is just a, the Pentecostal or charismatic or Hillsong style of worship. I, I think the hymns of old, Martin Luther wrote so many hymns and Wesley wrote so many hymns. And these revivals, it's interesting that the key leaders of those key revivals were also men who wrote a tremendous huge number of hymns that are still sung in the church today because the Spirit came upon them and the Spirit came in them and enabled them prophetically to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. We need the Holy Spirit to worship. Oh, I think so much of our worship can be dependent these days upon the quality of the sound and the, and the, te- the, the, the know-how of the instrumentalists and the lights and the smoke and so many other things. There's so many environmental factors that we need to have just right to be able to worship God. But Jesus is saying, it's not, it's not, it's not the core of it. The core of it is the spirit of the living God will be in you. And he will enable you and, and help you to worship with everything within you. You know, I've had the privilege of living in many different places around the world. And I do remember working with the underground church in China many, many years ago, 30 years ago, more now. And I would go to these meetings. It was very early days. And I was so blessed as a young man to go to just a few meetings inside the country, snuck in at night and we were covered up and it was just all really amazing stuff. And they had no instruments. And they were singing a language I did not even understand. And they were simple peasant people. But my goodness, when they began to worship, the power of God came. They would weep. They would cry. They would laugh. They could go on for hours just worshiping God. For God, the Holy Spirit is coming upon his people that they would worship him in spirit and in truth. We continually need to ask God to pour out his spirit afresh, that we would be that prophetic people who stand around the throne of God and cry, holy, holy, holy. You know, the book of Revelations, that is the blam of God. They're all prophetic, and they're all seeing the revelation of Jesus. That's what prophecy does. It gives you a revelation, a fresh revelation of Christ. And when you see Christ in a new way, you worship like never before. Hallelujah. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Let's continue to wait upon the Lord. We need to become a people who worship in spirit and in truth. We want to thank you for joining us on Recalibrate today. For more information, please check out our website at crcfchurch.com.